Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. The word to us. And tonight I've entitled this uh, message, For His Glory, which is the series. And this is part two of that series. So if you missed last week, you can check it out online. For His Glory. And I'm calling it The Shift. All right? The Shift. Um, as we end off this year... We are ending off a year with a focus on, in his love, being all that we can be for his glory. And it's, it's kind of uh, uh, interesting that um, this part of glorifying the Lord for his glory, being all that we can be for his glory, uh, is how we're, we're ending off. And... Uh, the, the message or the passage that, that had really struck me and, and had been on my heart uh, for, a, for a while is uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 29 to 31. I just want to read that quickly. It says that no flesh, that's us, should glory in his presence or boast in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So through Jesus Christ, who we are in Christ, who became for us wisdom from God. And not just wisdom, but righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories... Let him glory in the Lord. If you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. Boast in the Lord. So, again, uh, tonight, just entitling this message, For His Glory, The Shift. You might say, shift, what are you, what are you talking about? There needs to be a shift in our object of glory, in what we are boasting in. And even as, as believers, we can sometimes get tied up and caught up with a boast or a dependence. When you're boasting in something, there's, a, there's a, a declaration from your mouth, a confession from your mouth of what you find as being most important or is that you're dependent on. And so your boast is in that. And it could be in yourself. It could be in uh, someone else. It could be in something else. It could be in an, an agency or uh, whatever it may be. And that's what you put your dependence on and in. And there's a boasting of it. And if it's not a, a blatant boasting, it's, well, this is what I depend on. That boast may be in your capabilities. That boast may be in your, uh, your, your finances, your job, your career. Say, well, that's what, I, that's what I'm depending on. And as long as I have this thing before me as, as my, my, my main go-to, uh, that's where we're boasting. That's where our boasting. And it says here, in verse 31, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. 
Don't glory in the things of your, your own wisdom, in my own wisdom, in the wisdom uh, or in my own strength or in my own pos pos uh, position, but let me glory in the Lord. So, it's interesting, the word glories or glory, he who glories, let him glory in the, in the Lord, is the word kao kaomehi. All right, it almost sounds, uh, uh, I don't know, Hawaiian? Sounds a little bit Hawaiian. Kao ka homehi, which is basically to glory, whether with reason or without, for no reason. This is what I'm going to glory in. This is what I'm going to boast in. To glory on account of a thing or to glory in a thing and whatever that may be. So what do we boast in? There needs to be a shift so, uh, I've been tying this in with uh, the Christmas story, and we're, so we're going to uh, turn to Luke chapter 2, and as you're heading to Luke chapter 2, on these Christmas Wednesdays that we have for the next few weeks, um, we're going to be going through some of this, or a, a large part, if not most, of the Christmas story. Last week, we looked at... Uh, Mary and Joseph and uh, the Lord coming uh, to both of them by an angel. And this, uh, tonight we're going to be looking at uh, the, the shepherds. We're going to be looking also at, at the angels themselves. So two, two verses that I want you to to focus in on, or we'll focus in on, is uh, verse 13 and 14. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And oftentimes you'll have that on a, a postcard, a Christmas uh, card, uh, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Or even on earth peace, goodwill toward men. In verse 20, Luke 2, verse 20, it says, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So there, there was a, a shift that took place with the, uh, the shepherds, and as a result of what they experienced, there were changes that took place in their lives. And tonight, once again, I want to talk about this, this shift that we need to, to make from kaukahomehi uh, to the word glory here is doxa. And there's a, there's a different meaning to that word doxa. So let's, uh, let's just look at um, this very exciting story that uh, oftentimes is read. Uh, before Christmas and at Christmas time, and from verse one it says, "And it came to pass in those days that those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered." So, any any reason why they should be registered? Taxes. Yeah, we want to know that you're there, and we want to update everything. And so, you need to be registered so you can give money, and. Uh, Caesar Augustus um, was uh, coming after was uh, coming after Caesar or Julius Caesar, 
And uh, so Julius Caesar was an actual person. And um, Caesar Augustus was uh, um, next in line. Wasn't an off offspring of, of Julius Caesar, but uh, was sort of an adopted um, son. And uh, uh, so was this is this is not a fable this is history that's being given right now so these things these people actually existed this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria so all went to be registered everyone to his own city so wherever they uh, were from if they weren't in that place that they had come from were born in they would go back to the, their their town that they, they grew up in. So uh, everyone to his own city to be registered. So Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. And we talked about that last time. So Joseph was directly in line from King David through Solomon, and Mary was directly from King David in line uh, as an ancestor all the way back through one of, uh, one, one of David's other sons, Nathan. So these two lines, in fact, I find it amazing that, that the lineage all the way down is, is marked. And so we have one lineage given in Matthew chapter 1 where there's 52 generations from Abraham all the way to Jesus. And in Luke, the uh, Luke chapter, uh, I think it's one, uh, don't quote me on that, uh, but it goes all the way from, all the way from Adam right through to Jesus, or from Jesus right back to Adam. So I think it's 71 generations, or 73, one or the other. Um, yeah, somebody want to, if you want to count, go ahead, count. But lots of generations, I find it amazing that anybody would know their lineage all the way back. And so Joseph, both Joseph and Mary were of, of royalty, if you would. So, um, verse 5, to be registered, so they went to, to Bethlehem to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So from last time, we recognized that, that uh, Joseph had wanted to, the thought was, I'm going to uh, quietly, discreetly uh, divorce her because she was pregnant. And that's when the, or the angel came in a dream and spoke to uh, to Joseph and said, hey, the one that she is carrying is, the, uh, is Jesus, is the, the Son of God, and uh, to take her. So at this point, Joseph, we, we are reading here now in Luke chapter 2, that he was obedient to take Mary as his wife rather than giving her away. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered or to have a baby, to have our Lord Jesus. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
Now there's a, a, a shift of, of scene going to uh, a different location from the inn and to that, from that manger uh, that was, or that stable uh, where they were to this field or these fields. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. So the glory, or this word is not kauka homehi, but it is rather the word doxa, all right? Now, when we look at this, uh, this verse that these angels, the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. So we, we know that uh, the angel of the Lord would have, an angel would have its own glory, if you would. But what, what was shining here was not the, the glory of the angel, but rather it was the glory of the Lord shone down around them. And so here's the glory of the Lord coming upon them. And so whether it was around the angel that it's speaking and, and coming down around them, but there was a glory, the glory of the Lord. So, this uh, splendor, this, this majesty, uh, we recognize that uh, not only does or do angels have a splendor or, or glory, but we recognize absolutely that the Lord God has glory and majesty. And it says the glory of the Lord, and, and this, is, this is key, uh, at this at this point, that the glory is of the Lord, and um, tonight, even as I go through this, this th I just want to share a few keys in shifting your glory from something other than God to God, and so I want to give a few keys to shift your life to glorifying God and who you are, what you do to glorifying God. And so the, f the first thing that I want to make note of uh, around the statement of he who glories, let him glory in the Lord, um, this first sh key to shifting or making that shift is this aspect of the glory of the Lord. Now, definition, the definition of the Lord it is the, the word kurios is the word Lord here in the Greek. And it's he to whom, to whom a person or thing belongs about which he has power of deciding. Or in other words, master or Lord. So the possessor and disposer of a thing. The one that is the owner, one who has control of, of a person or the person and uh, is master. So, in the uh, Roman Empire, Caesar would have been 
Lord. So there, there would be this statement of, I possess everything. I've conquered everything and I possess everything. So the possessor and disposer of a thing. So the, the thing about us glorifying God in who we are is Jesus needs to be Lord. Jesus needs to be Lord in our life. If we want to glorify God in who we are, Jesus needs to be Lord of our lives. And there's a distinction be, between uh, coming to the, uh, uh, to the Lord uh, for salvation, where Jesus is Savior in our life, and he saved us from our sins. There's a distinction between Savior and Lord. And the distinction is this, is that if Jesus is Lord in our life, he is the one that we are confessing or, or uh, submitting to as the one that possesses us. He's the possessor of who we are. Now, here's what I've come to find. When I am in charge or I'm in, in control of the things of my life, I find that, that things don't always work out the way I would, I would like to have them work out. When I'm in control, when I'm, I'm going to plan things out. And so I've gotten to the point, even with the, the small details of life, even with the, the little things of life, is to, to bring it before the Lord. Say, Lord, what is it that you would have me do? Or, Lord, give me wisdom on this thing. I want your wisdom. I don't want my wisdom. I don't want to depend on myself and my own capabilities. I'm going to depend on you. And so even when, it, when uh, the day unfolds, like there's certain things that you know, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. But to be flexible enough that should there, there need, or is, if there is changes that take place to your day that was so planned that you're, you're um, flexible enough to say, Lord, I am submitting to your plans for my, for my day. And sometimes the things that we may balk at in the course of a day is what God is, is, has put in there for us, for our benefit or for our, our uh, changing or uh, for, for ourselves or maybe even to have dependence on the Lord. Our sister was sharing about her, her vehicle. And um, so part of it is this aspect, Lord, I'm going to depend on you even for material things. Lord, I need to depend on you for the material things of my life. Lord, I'm going to depend on you for the, the things of relationships. I'm going to depend on you for the, the decisions I make regarding my future. Lord, I am, I am yours. You are mine. You are the possessor of my being. So if we want for there to be a glory about us, a glorying, uh, it says the glory of the Lord shone all about them. Lord, I want your glory to be a part of my life. I want who you are to be a part of my life. And so if it's going to be the glory of the Lord, then Jesus needs to be Lord in my life. So if I'm saying, no, 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 Lord, I'm not going to do what you would have me do, and I don't want to do what you would have me do, I'm going to do my own thing because I know what's best. If you ever want to have a really 
frustrating read, read through Judges. And you, as you go through Judges, you will find that there are cycles, and we're talking about generations, numbers of generations. The thing is, let's learn from the mistakes of others. You can read in an hour or two. You can read, or not even, you can read through Judges, and you can learn from the mistakes of an entire generation and another generation and another generation and another generation and you can learn from the mistakes because what they did it says they did what was right in their own sight i'm doing what is right according to me don't tell god don't tell me what to do if you want to have a frustration a frustrating read Read through Judges and say, oh my goodness, why don't you guys get it together? And then just flip it back to yourself and apply it to yourself and say, Lord, how do you want me to live my life? If I want the glory of the Lord in my life, Jesus needs to be Lord in my life. Otherwise, the glory of the Lord is not there for us because Jesus isn't Lord. Jesus is not Lord in my life. And so there's this thing of, Lord, I surrender every aspect of my life. The, the, the older I get, the more I experience life, I'm, I'm recognizing how true this is. And I look around at others at times. And not to say, I, I, hey, you say, Pastor, you got everything together. I don't have everything together. But man, it goes so much easier when Jesus is Lord. When I, he is the possessor. The good thing is, Lord, I'm submitted to you. I'm yielded to you. So my problem is your problem. My problem is your problem. Rather than my problem is my problem. It's like, oh, my goodness. I got lots of problems. No, my problems are your problems because I am, I belong to you. A possessor means I belong. I've been bought by the Lord, so let him be Lord in your life. For direction, for the future, for the things of the unknown. God knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning because without impacting our free will, we have complete free will. You say, how can he know the end from the beginning? is because he's not confined to time. And I mentioned this just last week or the other week. God is not confined to time. So he can step out of time and move forward to see the outcome of our decisions and see where we're going to go. Not to say that he doesn't know. He knows all things. When Jesus is Lord in our life, for our future and direction... And all of that, Lord, you are Lord in my life. Because I don't know the future. I don't know the details. Even when I make my own plans. How many of you have plans that have been derailed? Right? We've all had plans that we've made and we thought they are so good. Man, this is a good plan. I love, oh man, this is going to work out. And man, it's going to be for my benefit. And so we make the plans and then there's a derailing of those plans. It's like, 
Ah. Lord, let the plans that you have for me, which are good, let them play out in my life. The glory of the Lord. If we want the glory of the Lord, let Jesus be Lord in your life. Jesus, I submit to your lordship. See, then you don't have to know everything. You don't have to have everything figured out. And when it comes to your worries, it's like, rather than hanging on to my worries and about, oh my goodness, the future, or oh my goodness, look at what's happening. Jesus is in control. Lord, so I surrender to you. Now listen, the thing about Lord and Master is also this, and all of this, the glory of the Lord. When he asks, when the Lord or Master asks the servant or what belongs to him to do something, for goodness sake, do it. It's for, it's for your benefit. If he says no, then don't do it. If he says yes, then do it. If he gives you instructions, then do it. Because it's for your benefit. It's not like, hey, you know what? I think it'd be great if I mess Dave up. Just, you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, let him go off a cliff. I'm going to lead him off a cliff. That's not how God operates. We're the ones that may walk off a cliff or, or walk off into some areas because Jesus isn't Lord. Because Jesus won't lead you over a cliff. Now, I'm not saying that we, may, we, we won't have storms, but he's with us. As, as Jesus is Lord in our life, he is with us in the storm. He will see us through the storm, or he will take us out of the storm. Either one, he is with us because he is the possessor of who I am. I, I've submitted to him. This thing of Lord, it is a title of honor, of expression, expressive of respect and reverence according to definition of Lord. A title of honor, expressive of respect and reverence. So part of it is, what is, how do I, I express to the Lord? If Jesus is Lord in my life, is my expression of who I am, is it one of respect and reverence? Do I respect and reverence the Lord? So we're talking about the glory of the Lord being around us. Do I respect and reverence the Lord? So this thing of curios is a title that is given to God, the Messiah, to Jesus Christ. And the glory of the Lord shone around the angels, shone around the, the shepherds. Can it shine? Can it shine on my life? Can it shine from me? There's a, a quick passage I want to read from uh, Acts chapter 4, verses 8. Um, and it's, it's following the man that was, was healed in the temple. He couldn't walk from very, right from the, I think from the time he was born, he couldn't walk. And so there was a healing that took place. And, and, so verse uh, 8, Acts 4, verse 8, they're, they're at a place now, there's, they're questioning how could this all happen? How could John, Peter and John have such a, a, a miraculous thing happen? So it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, 
I want to make a point, a second point, regarding uh, this thing of the glory in our lives around this shift to glorifying God. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, and I want to make a note here, a key number two is the Holy Spirit will help you. Let him. Let the Holy Spirit help you in your life. So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed, this done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is a stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So this is Peter saying in the power of the Holy Spirit. And let, let me just give another key here is, once again, this aspect of Jesus being Lord. There is no name, no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is Lord. He is above all. Now, it's amazing that the religious leaders here, look what they did. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. So they, they, they knew these guys, are not, these guys are uneducated. They're not educated. They're not trained men. They're untrained. It says they marveled. And I like this next line. It says, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Because they were with Jesus, because Jesus was, they had spent that time with him and they knew Jesus and Jesus was Lord in their life, there's a recognition of the fact that they had been with Jesus. Jesus is part of their life. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. And so there's a glorifying of God in who they are, in who Peter and John are, there's a glorifying of Jesus. We're talking about making a shift of placing our, our dependence and boasting in ourselves or something else. And the, here is a boast in Jesus Christ. Here's a, a, a working of the Holy Spirit to help us in the situation that there's a glorifying of God. Verse 15 says, but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Don't you dare say things in Jesus' name. Don't you dare speak his name. And the amazing thing is the same thing is happening today. I've, I'm, I'm hearing reports that you can't even go and pray silently in front of some areas. There's uh, uh, individual, some individuals have gone to pray in front of abortion clinics. And uh, just to stand there, pray, to pray. Hey, what are you doing here? 
I'm praying. You're not allowed to. I'm not, even I'm not even praying out loud. I'm just praying. You're not allowed to. You need to move on. Like This is what's going on uh, in, in, in our world at this point in time. In fact, they're now they're, I think they're making, in some countries, they're making zones. You can't come within a block of, uh, or a certain footage of, of a, an abortion clinic to pray, even to pray. Don't say anything in Jesus' name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. That's our Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. And here's this command that they should not speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. Who do you think? They're basically saying, who do you think we're going to listen to? You or to God? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. There's something about glorifying God. If we want to glorify God, it's about speaking about the things that we have seen and heard. This is what the Lord has done. This is what the Lord has done in my life. This is who Jesus is, that there would be a glorifying of Jesus Christ in and through us to those that don't know him. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they, they all, all the people, glorified God for what had been done, this man. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Hallelujah. And the cool thing is, that in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, help me see, but is that something that I can do? If Jesus is Lord in your life, and even as you would say, I allow, I want the Holy Spirit, need the help of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come, guide me, direct me, fill me, overflow from me, that Jesus Christ would be glorified. A few passages that Jesus, in John 14, Jesus said, verse, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, Oh, can I glorify God by keeping his commandments? Man, I find it so hard. The very next verse says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Who is this helper? It's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The Lord is saying, I want to help you, even in loving me. If you love me, keep my commandments. And so there's this thing of help, the help of the Holy Spirit to help us. And so we, it's, not, it's like we don't even have to do it on our own or in our own strength or power, but we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Praise God. It says in Acts 1 verse 8, it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. To the end, right till today, the Holy Spirit wants to come and empower us to be witnesses. A witness. I'm going to glorify of the things that I've seen and I've heard. That's what a witness is. They're there to experience the things that they've seen and heard. And regarding Jesus, that we would be a witness unto Jesus wherever we go. 
glorifying him. We're talking about making a shift. Let there be a shift in my life, Lord. And I, I'm, in, I'm open, I'm in agreement to you, the power of your Holy Spirit being upon me. Let, it, let the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit come. Ephesians 5.18 says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation or is excess, or you, you, you have some major problems happening then. And it's interesting, the, the spirit of, of the enemy, of Satan, here, let me fill you with, with the spirit that I want to give you. Let me fill you with, take, go ahead, take in as much alcohol as you can. It says here, and do not be drunk with wine. It's interesting, this word drunk is the process of becoming drunk to become intoxicated. Some might say, well, you know what? Yeah, I just, I drink in moderation. Why, why would I fill myself with the spirit that the enemy wants to give me? Today I was on the phone with somebody who was calling me from prison. Believer had slipped and fallen. It was because of alcohol. The decisions made as a result of alcohol, the consequences are extreme. We're talking years upon years of consequences. I, let me just say to you very strongly, don't be filled with the spirit that, that the enemy wants to give you to get drunk with wine. The foolishness that happens in drunkenness it says, in which, which is dissipation, in which is dissipation. It's like negative, there's negative consequences as a result. But rather, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. It is all about giving Him praise. It's all about glorifying Him. It's all about letting others know. It's not just between you and the Lord, but it's in our interactions with others. To speak, it says to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I had somebody... Uh, Bless others yes, yesterday with a singing song, a song or two to somebody that was um, in a home. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. We submit to, to one another and there's a glorifying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Going back to our Christmas story, Luke 2, verse 10. Then the angel said to, to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So here we have Jesus to be Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is above all things. And the amazing thing about Jesus in your life, 
the good things might happen in your life. Or before you may even have peace, I'm going to start to glorify God. You know what? As we do that, so when you're agitated and when you're, you're going through all kinds of different things and all hell is breaking loose and you're saying, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this or I don't know what's going to happen. And, and you know what? When we begin to glorify God, the next thing we recognize is our focus is off the, the stuff that is totally coming against you and now it comes, to, it's going up to God. You're changing your perspective. You're looking to God. And as you begin to praise God, as you begin to glorify God, there's a shifting of the, the, the situation. May I say something today? Let me expand on this individual when it comes to the, the having a different spirit within him of alcohol that destroyed his life. Here's the amazing thing. As I spoke to him, he says, I am... He says, I cannot believe it that I am in total peace. I'm in total peace. And once again, it'd be like, oh, my goodness. He, and, he, and he said something profound. He says, I needed to come. He says, I don't know why I didn't find this out earlier. But basically, Jesus had to be Lord in my life. And Jesus wasn't Lord of my life. He saved me, but he wasn't Lord of my life. And I was always hanging on to things that I shouldn't be hanging on to. And it, and it really messed him up. But even today, he was saying, I've come to the place that Jesus is Lord in my life. Jesus is Lord in my life. Glory to God in the highest, in the worst of times person has peace. Thank you, Jesus. Like what, a, what a, an encouragement this man was to me. In prison, had been in prison for almost two years or a year and a half. And here he is saying, I have peace. I have peace. Jesus is Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. So even when we mess up, and even when we go off track, and even when life is hellish, I'm going to start to praise God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, in my life, peace and your will, your goodwill, done in my life. I'm giving you glory in advance. There, there's a key to shifting, making a shift in your boast my boast is not in myself. My boast will be in God. And God in the highest, Jesus Christ. We want peace that goes beyond the things of man. A supernatural peace. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. This is just before he went to the cross. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, Neither let it be afraid. Giving you peace. We want goodwill toward men. And sometimes it's just, hey, you might say peace or God bless. And sometimes it's just a phrase that, hey, God bless you. You know? But really, let it be beyond, be, be beyond a greeting or a, a, a goodbye. 
or even a desire. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship. God made you. And you were created in Christ Jesus for good works. The moment we gave our life to Jesus, the moment that we've, we've, we came alive in and through Jesus Christ, it says, not only are we his workmanship, but there are things that he would have us do. And it says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has a specific will or plan or purpose for you that is unique to you that nobody else has. And the moment we give our life to Jesus Christ as, his, as him being Savior, we are born of God, we become children of God, a child of God, a son or a daughter of God. And the moment we give lordship to Jesus Christ is when the will of God can really start to take off. And I've seen dramatic shifts and changes in people's lives the moment they chose to, to have sanctification take place in their life. Sanctification is all about changes taking place in your life. And the definition of sanct sanctification, it is that beginning is to consecrate the effect of, con uh, of consecration. What's consecration? I give myself to you, Lord. I consecrate myself to you. Go ahead, have your way. The moment you do that is the moment that the shift and the changes can begin to take place in your life. And the people that, that, that struggle with this area, they hang on to, I want to have control and I want to be in charge. God, no, 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 I don't want your will done in my life. They struggle with the, the plans, the goodwill of God to be done in their life because it can't happen. I'm in control. We're in control. So we give it over to Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are in control in my life. And the plans that God had, has prepared from beforehand, before you were even born, before time began, that we should walk in them, that we, we allow his will to be fulfilled in our lives. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to see how far I can get here. Good. I can, I'll make one more key point, all right? And I've already indicated this, uh, this third key is the direction of our glory, glory to God in the highest. Let, let me emphasize that. So often the glory goes to man, to other things, to people, to celebrities, agencies, you name it. And there's a glorifying of wh whoever it may be, whatever it may be. Look what it says here. James 1 verse 12. It says, blessed is the man who endures temptation to go off track. For when he has been approved or tested, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So even though there's temptation and you, then you endure it, the Lord says, hey, you're approved. You're in the testing. You're approved. You passed. He will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. I'm tempted. It's God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. 
But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. My own fleshly desires, my lusts, and I'm enticed. Temptation comes. Temptation is always to the flesh. Temptation is always to the flesh. That's why Paul says, or Jesus says, take up the cross daily. That's why Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. What's crucified? When Jesus died on the cross, it was his flesh that died. As we come and we are crucified with Christ by faith, it's our flesh that is crucified, and it needs to be crucified daily. That's why Jesus said, deny yourself, your own efforts, take up the cross daily and follow me. And so there's this yielding by faith, I'm crucified. My flesh is crucified, needs to be crucified daily. So, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So the wages of sin is death. If we continue on in sin, we, we get the wages of our, our actions. Our, pay, our payment is death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. The very first and, and foremost thing that came from God that is, is good, uh, a good gift and every perfect gift was his own son. He gave his only begotten son that even as we would believe on him, we should not perish, but we would have eternal life, everlasting life. But every good thing that's on this planet Everything that is good and everything that is perfect is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights. Let our direction, our acknowledgement be to the Lord. Let our acknowledgement be to the Lord. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. He's talking about us getting saved is the very first thing of a good and perfect gift from the Father's. I sent my son and you received my son and you, you are first fruits even as you would hear the word of truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ and there is life that has come to you and that we would acknowledge, that we would doxa, give glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. This thing of doxa is, it's, uh, you have an opinion, a judgment, a view. There's an estimation that is, is made, you esteem something or you, you evaluate something and there's a glorifying, that we would glorify the majesty of who God is, His majesty, His glory, the direction of our praise, let it be to Jesus. Let it be to Jesus that He would be exalted. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that they would be exalted in our lives, that we would acknowledge them. Hallelujah. It says in Proverbs, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. That we would not boast in anything and anything else. Let him who boasts boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Let him who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, we're going to carry on next time. Uh, not quite finished this. But we're going to carry on next time. We're going to stop here. It's a good time to stop. And uh, can we stand together? And tonight, um, you may know about Jesus. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus. Maybe you wandered away. Or maybe you're in a, a really tough way, a tough place. It's like, oh, my goodness. God, look at where I'm at. I didn't ask for this. But I'm going to begin to glorify you. Jesus, you are Lord in my life. I'm submitting to you. My, my problems, I'm giving over you. I'm casting all my cares upon you because you care for me. Because you are Lord, you are able to take care of the problems. So tonight, did that, let that be the reality in your life. Hallelujah. Lord, I, just, I thank you for your word. And Lord, sometimes there's things like... I've read through many times, and I miss the point. We miss the point. Tonight, I just pray that there would not be a dependence on anything else. Lord, that there would not be a cow, kamehi, a hamehi, Lord, but rather there would be a doxa. Lord, there would not be a boasting. If, it, if there is a boasting, it will be in you that would it turn, it would shift to be a doxa, a glorifying of you. Lord, as it, as it shifts to you, it, it, it becomes a glorifying, it becomes a praise to you. And so, Lord, I pray, let the shift take place. And Lord, so I pray for anyone here tonight that is going through a hard time, and maybe they've been upset with you, or they said, oh, God doesn't, God's, God where is he? He's not seen me through, and I don't want anything to do with God. Lord, I just pray tonight, even as they would hear this message, that they would say, you know what? I'm going to start to praise you. I'm going to surrender my life to you. I'm going to yield myself to you, and I'm going to direct my praise and my glorifying to you, Jesus, that you would be exalted. And so I surrender my life. I bow my knee to you, and I confess, Jesus, you are Lord in my life. And Lord, I give you praise and glory and honor. I exalt you, Lord. I extol you. I magnify you. Lord, I just pray this for each and every one. Lord, for those that may be hearing this, they're saying, man, I want peace in my life. And I want God's will, good will in my life, God's will in my life. Lord, I pray that there would be a total surrender to you. Lord, that it would start with, Lord, I've done my, my life my own way, and man, have I messed up, and I've, I've, I've even wronged you, and I've sinned against you. Forgive me of my sins. And Jesus, you died for me. You were buried, and you rose again. You are alive. You are above all things. All authority is yours, and I confess that. Jesus, you are the one that can save me. Come into my life. Come into my life, and be my Lord. Be my Lord, that my life would bring you praise. I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to glory, glory to God in the highest and on earth in my life, peace and goodwill in my life. Let it be in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Good to have you here. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.